0: Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Todd Hansen, the Emmy Award winning host and producer of The Story Trek on the BYU TV network. Todd and his team filmed 12 seasons and 136 episodes capturing random personal stories from some of the most average and great Americans from around the country. Interestingly enough, the concept of his show is what inspired this very podcast you're listening to today. So buckle up and enjoy. Well, I appreciate you coming on. uh, It's uh, like I'm in the presence of greatness. I used to watch your show (laughs) all the time. Well, it's nice of you to say. So yeah, well I I I uh I'm just gonna roll. We, I don't have any agenda, kind of like your show. You just, yeah, well that's that's the way to do it in my book, you know. Yeah, it's 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 the uh, the authenticity is what makes it. I think that's what really struck me about what you do, what you guys do. So yeah. Anyway, again, thank you for joining me today. Tell me a little bit about the story, the story trek, and how you got started doing that because that and i want to just tell people that are listening i was i was so impressed by just the randomness of how you do it yeah and how when you go to someone's home their a lot of the first reactions is who am i yeah who, nobody wants to hear from me i got nothing which you yeah saw- it, a lot of people you know
1: were at least intrigued by the idea i mean you know we'd go to a lot of places and they'd say no thanks you know if they weren't rude and slammed the door yelled at us they'd or just you know peeked out the windows and didn't get answer my, get off my land yeah yeah then you know they, they were intrigued and they'd say wow this sounds cool but i got nothing you know i mean what what would you do a story about me you know and uh, i'm like just let's sit down and talk I'm sure there's something there, you know, and invariably
0: there always was something there. Well, because, I like, appreciate how you poke; you just kind of poke at people gently. Yeah, and they they realize they do have some value because we think we have no value to anyone else sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, Instead. And I've
1: always said if you have drawn breath on this planet, you have a story to tell.
0: Uh, that's, you know, if the uh, my little tagline for my show. It's sad that I have to read it, but just says everyone has an interesting story and we are all unique and have experiences that can inform, entertain, and inspire and uplift at the very least. And that's the beauty of it. And there's no shortage of stories. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Mark Twain, you know, has this quote where he says there was never yet an uninteresting life. Such a thing is an impossibility. So, no matter what life there is, you know. And Mark Twain, he's pretty uh, intelligent dude. You know, he's he's done some got some credibility. Yeah, pretty great <clears throat> things. And he says it's an impossibility. He says inside the dullest exterior there is a drama, a comedy, and a tragedy. So inside of all of us, there there are those three things. There's a drama, a comedy, and a tragedy. And there are those elements of, of those stories within each of us. But the thing is, we're just caught up in our lives. You know, we're just so busy living it and getting through our lives that we don't reflect back. We don't think about all those things that we've been through and the things that we've accomplished and overcome. And, and unless somebody like you or somebody like me, sits down with somebody and forces them to reflect, then you think, Yeah, I got nothing.
0: Yeah. It's I have a neighbor who whenever I'm outside, he he's retired and he pins me down all the time. And sometimes I just I'm, I'm too busy, which is sad. But and I asked him, I said, I have a podcast and I would love to interview you. Well he clammed up. He didn't want to talk at all now. You know, because I'm like, well, let's put it on the spot. You're always telling me stories, and you know, let's run with this. And just the irony of what somebody's going to listen to this, but yet that's what he wants to do all the time is talk to people about it. It's really funny, yeah.
1: And it's getting to be kind of a lost art, I think, in society these days because everything's digital. So even what we're doing right now, having a conversation face to face, even though it's over computer is getting more and more rare because yeah you know, everybody wants to use a phone and just text back and forth or send emails or chat you know direct message and stuff and so to have a conversation is it's a blessing it's a unique opportunity to just get some insight into somebody else's life so you know I always say before we judge anybody we really need to, and we should never judge anybody, but if you're going to be tempted ever to judge anybody, you need to just get to know what's going on in their life. Because when you think something is going on, there's always something else going on.
0: Uh, yeah. We have no, no idea. And, and in this, this climate in the last, ever since the, the advent of social media in the last 10 years, yeah, the, the, the viciousness that goes on is, mind blowing to me. And I just try to take it back to the second commandment. Just love your neighbor. You don't not fix them, convince them, or save them. Just try to understand and love them. And it's it is, it's a lost art. And people get so and it, just even asking questions sometimes you're you're put on the defense for being a hater, just for yeah. wanting to know. I don't get it. Yeah. So so you asked me a
1: question that I never answered. And that was where where the idea for this came from. And, you know, I was a news reporter a hundred years ago. And, you know, it was fascinating being a news reporter and anchor uh, for a while. And, you know, I loved it. But then it, it, to me, it seemed like all the stories just kept repeating themselves. Um, Different actors in the stories, but the stories seemed to be the same. And we had such a small newsroom at the time that we couldn't be really proactive in journalism. So we had to be really reactionary and it was, you know, chasing the smoke and the fire and the ambulances and things like that. So we couldn't really commit journalism. You know, we couldn't do stories I felt that mattered, but I just thought, you know, instead of, well, (laughs) to, to take it, one level higher, or one level more of being uh, really uh, reactionary. since we couldn't really ever plan anything, I proposed, you know what, why don't why don't I just go up to people on the street and say, "Hey, tell me your story with absolutely no planning whatsoever, because I always battled um, with my bosses, doing human interest stories because they always fascinated me because I wanted the compelling stories about human beings. And when I did have to go and do those crime stories and the destruction and death stories, I still tried to get the human element in that. Um, and, then on the other days where, gee, we got nothing, you know, what, what can we find? We, we hope there's uh, some sort of an accident or something, you know, if it bleeds, it leads is the, yeah. you know, the motto or the well, motto in news. So I still tried to find those human interest stories, but then I proposed the idea of, hey, let's just go bug somebody and say, tell me your story. And actually they went for it. So I did this little thing called tripping with Todd for a year, um, at my TV station. And it was amazing. Uh, Viewers loved it. I loved it. And it taught me that there really was a story in everybody. And it wasn't enough to keep me in TV news, though. I actually ended up leaving. I thought TV forever. You know, I thought... I would never be back on TV. I got a real job, sales, marketing, it was wonderful. But then a few years later, I heard that BYU TV was looking for programming ideas. And I always thought this would make a great show if I combined several stories into an episode, pitched it and then a few years later, it was on the air and it's been amazing.
0: And you're into 11 years now, is that my understanding? Um,
1: we started in well we started production in 2010 and then went on the air in 2011 but it ended a couple of years ago so story truck is no longer on the air well that's too bad yeah yeah it's it's too bad and TV decided for the first time ever to target a demographic and they said we're going to target eight to 15 year olds and the story trek it appealed to a older demographic a lot of kids loved it but it was traditionally an older demographic that watched it so when i heard eight to 15 year olds i said okay great it's been nice knowing you that's yeah. a pretty it's a pretty tight market it is yeah and and they did want you know their parents to watch along with them that was the second demographic you know along with right them. but then they said no we love the story track it's been great um we want it to stick around and so it didn't go away because people weren't watching it and they didn't love it or there was anything wrong with it but it was because this demographic change so you know they they wanted to see if it could be tweaked i you know i didn't know how to tweak a tv show the show i created was what i created yeah so they created this story trek trending show which was a different version um younger version i had a young co-host uh, it didn't last long just eight episodes and then it was canceled so um yeah that's that's where we are um
0: Quick break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. And we're back. Now what what, what, what are you doing? Well, I'm
1: uh, trying to do whatever I can to uh, make a living in the hopefully post-COVID economy. And uh, right before COVID started, I started a production company. i always had a production company. We produced the story Trek, And then we started doing some corporate videos uh, and then COVID hit. And I had a lot of friends who have a lot of different businesses and they weren't affected at all by COVID. Well, TV, video completely shut down. I mean, we couldn't go and interview people, set up cameras in in homes or businesses and do anything like that. So I just was at a complete standstill. So I uh, put together some courses on uh, how to record your own story, uh, courses on camera confidence. So I have some teaching out there on the web that uh, people can learn camera confidence. So for me, I was a really shy kid growing up and actually went into broadcasting to overcome my shyness. And then uh, obviously with the story track, I recorded people's stories. So I teach people how to do that themselves, Uh, record your life story I mean, there's nothing more important, I think that you can do for your posterity is to record your story. And when I was doing the show, I could only get to so many stories. You know, I did the math and at the rate I was going, and I was invited to all kinds of family history conferences and things like that to speak. Well, at the rate I was going, I would tell people it would take me about 4 million years to get to everybody's stories. So they need to do it themselves. So I teach people how to do that in my online courses and uh, speaking. I still do uh, public speaking and uh, hopefully video, you know, it's coming back and uh, I can do more corporate
0: videos. I can record people's stories for them as well. Okay. Well, yeah. Video is a whole different animal. I have a YouTube channel and I've done probably eight videos. Yeah. staring into that little hole right there <laughs> and pretending there's people there is that's an art form to be able yeah. to, to make it. You not sound like you got to stick up your butt. And nervous <laughs> is really hard. So it that's can why be I started intimidating. Doing, say again. It can be intimidating. Oh, yeah. And that's why I went to the podcast because that was more natural and, you know, that back and forth, the conversation style. But when you're just staring into a hole, like these people who do these three hour radio shows and monologue for just off the cuff for three hours, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. You know, so yeah,
1: I'll tell you, I, when I first started in broadcasting, I was absolutely terrified. And, you know, like I said, I went into broadcasting because I was shy, which maybe doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But but I wasn't shy early on in my youth, but some things happened that kind of created that. So I knew that shy wasn't me and I wanted to break that more than anything. And so what better way than to... Go in front of the world on camera right so that's why i went into broadcasting but it was brutal initially and i have the
0: videotape to prove it i love oh, you have you just be nervously trying to when i assume you're reading like like did you like teleprompter reading type things yeah that's even that's a whole nother level of difficulty as well it trying to is read.
1: yeah Mm-hmm. Teleprompter and and then live, um, like doing live reports and stuff. And really, it was it was college news, you know. So nobody was watching, but still, it's that pressure and and you think people are watching. And even if three people are watching, it didn't matter. I was absolutely petrified, you know. So it's yeah. it's funny to look. I may never look back at
0: those, but if I do, it would be pretty hilarious. Oh, I think yeah, that's to, to show. To see the progress, I think, is, is, you know, I look back. I've done 85 interviews. I still think it's my first day, honestly. Yeah. And because it, I, I have a little cheat right here for things not to say still. And try yeah. to do no ums and so's and just and kindas and because there's this fear of dead space. Can't have any dead space. So you got to fill it with <laughs> something. So we um it. Hey, that's what uh, editing is all about right well i'm my own editor and i hate editing so i try to avoid if i can not say it it's it saves me time in that's great yeah in my
1: training we talk about the ums and the so's and the you knows and the wells and all
0: that you know those filler words that everybody uses it's weird it's a i don't know where that comes from why we think silence is somehow the death of all of us
1: silence i'll tell you in my interviews i and I actually have a part of my training in uh, capturing your life story is this huge section on interviewing. And, and that's if you're doing somebody else's life story. Say you want to capture a loved one's life story. And I teach you some of my interviewing tricks and tips and um, silence. Man, that, that is so crucial In interviewing and it can be so awkward but if you just ask a poignant question and and you're both dying inside because it's quiet but you just have to let it be silent and let that moment pause and wait for an incredible response you don't always get it but wow, I've had some powerful, powerful experiences when I'm just quiet.
0: Which people don't expect. Yeah. And, and on audio, like on just a podcast, that's that's tricky because people are, are they, st- are they still tuning in? Are they checked out? <laughs> Is the show over? Yeah. But it's... Yeah.
1: Audio and video, very two very different worlds. Audio... And I tell people this all the time is the absolute most important part of any video. And my audio guys love me for that video guys. uh, I notch down a little bit in their eyes when I say that, but without great audio, you don't have a great video. You don't have a video. Yeah. You're, you're toast. If you
0: do not have great audio. So boy, you got to pay attention to audio. I've thought for years, if I were ever to lose one of my senses at first, I said, oh, I, I don't think I could live without my sight. But I don't think losing your hearing, that would be worse because you can really pick up. You can get to know somebody through hearing them, not just by seeing them. Yeah. I have a friend who's blind,
1: and he he is incredible. He can see right through me. <laughs> yeah. by I by having I knew that statement. Yeah, he is amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, in all these interviews you did, is there, is there, and it's probably tough to even say that you have what 140 episodes or something like that you've done. Yeah. Was there one or several that just moved you, or was just this kind of a general theme that, you know, you carried? It's, you know, it's like picking your favorite kid. Right. Well, that's easy yeah. to do that. I, I have one. (laughs) You have one child? I have one favorite and the other ones know it. Okay. I'm pretty pretty blunt about it. But you love them all the same, but you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a joke, but I'm kind of serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying.
1: Um, You know, there have been so many incredible interviews and stories. Uh, It's just, it's amazing what you can bump into the inspiration you can bump into randomly on the street if you just start talking to people. Yeah. But you know, stories that just blow you away, like we were in uh, New Meadows, Idaho and knocked on a motorhome door. And this goofy old guy <laughs> opens the door and he says, "Oh, you want to put me on TV? Okay, I need to put on my TV hat then." <laughs> Okay, great. And he runs out to his little Geo Metro and he grabs this visor that he had sewn some fur to the top. And he says, isn't that a great TV hat? That's a great TV hat. TV hat. Okay, great. What's your name? Archie. Okay, Archie. And uh, can, we, can we sit down and talk with you? Yeah. I don't know where. Can't go in my motorhome. His motorhome was just tiny. So we went across the street to the park and chatted with him at 90 years old. And he told us this incredible story. And I thought it was just gonna be this story about some goofy old guy, you know, who's just funny and quirky with a great fuzzy, furry TV hat. But he told us about this amazing life that his story began when he was five years old, his parents died the same night his mom and dad and this you know it's relevant now because it was the flu epidemic spanish flu and he was raised by his sister when he was i think 17 he lied about his age to enlist in world war ii he became a newsreel photographer so he traveled around europe getting film of the war then he came back and learned how to fly helicopters went to korea and he flew helicopters for mash units so he was flying patients around to mash units like you saw in mash the show came back and started up an ad agency and became (laughs) he was a model For a while, he had these great pictures. So he ran an ad agency. He was also a model for his ad agency. His wife died of cancer. His daughter died of cancer. He put several kids through college, um, his own and others who weren't his. He was willed a bunch of money from somebody he befriended in Europe during the war. And he said, I don't want it, but I want you to put it toward... A college fund for kids and when i met him he was volunteering washing dishes at just a local cafe that's what he did every day he organized a shoe drive just to get shoes for kids he put on coffee every morning down at the convenience store He said he was fired from the golf course where he volunteered to help out down there. That takes some effort. Yeah. (laughs) And he said, I thought about suing him, but uh, what could I sue him for? They weren't paying me anything. Just this amazing guy, you know, the uh, beer commercial, the most interesting man in the world. It was this guy, um, Mm -hmm. Archie Breedlove and these amazing pictures of him you know flying helicopters and in the war and stuff and anyway he passed away a few years ago but uh that, those are the kind of guys that you meet just knocking on a motorhome door in new meadows idaho
0: i've been to new meadows I used really to, i used to fight fires with the logan Hotshots. wow i i know we were up in that area fighting fires at one so that's how i know about new meadows
1: yeah, nobody knows about New Meadows just outside of McCall. Macal-
0: yeah, yeah, beautiful part of the world. Well, you yes. think about just you just going to a, a senior center, senior senior assisted living center, and you think about every one of those people. That's a mini series on HBO. Oh yeah, Each one of those person's lives. You know, and and we dismissed. You no, know, we dismissed them, but I'm afraid to go into them.
1: Well, yeah, and. <clears throat> the the challenge is those stories need to be told and somebody needs to tell them and, and it needs to be family members. Like I said, you know, it would take me 4 million years to do it at my pace of the way I told stories on the show. So really it just needs to be done. And it's not as hard as people think, you know, it's like in my training, I teach people how to do it. Um, and it, and it really just, you get a camera and a, and a decent little microphone and minimal editing, if any at all, just, just to record, just get it, just get those it. stories. Yeah. Just get the video and, and decent audio um, and, and set it up with, with decent lighting. You don't have to buy lights, but um, use decent window light or something. So they're not backlit and stuff, you know, and, and, then it's priceless for posterity. I have a cassette tape that my grandpa ran when we came to visit for Christmas one year. And he just decided to press record on his cassette recorder. And for anybody else to listen to this, it would be so annoying and they'd turn it off after 20 seconds. Because it's just the chaos of us visiting and my parents... My parents talking to them and us kids running around. But for me, I just, I'm glued to it because it's priceless. I hear my parents who have both passed away talking with my grandparents who have both passed away. And imagine if it was video, if it was an interview of them talking about how, you know, my grandparents met and, you know, what they did for a living. Yeah, things like that need to be recorded.
0: It humanizes the past. Otherwise, you look at these, you know, when we're doing genealogy, and you see this picture and a birth date, and you're like, yeah, so what?
1: Yeah. You
0: know what does that mean? Yeah, you know, my dad turned eighty last year, and I interviewed like twenty of his friends that I could find, and wow. that was a whole another level of frustration for that age group that refuses to try to understand technology, trying to yeah. get them to do a zoom recording or just even it it was but we got it yeah and it was like two hours of his friends and and some family just saying how why he mattered to them and i can't get him to say squat because i wanted to go visit him and interview him for this very reason he's 81 now and he'll probably live till he's 100 because he's stubborn (laughs) but the off chance he just pegs it tomorrow i don't have anything yeah from him because he 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 doesn't want to talk or he's afraid to. And I said, yeah, I'm going to record this. (laughs) Because he doesn't understand the importance of it. No.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's why, you know, I'll uh, teach people sometimes just, just take your phone and, and sit it down, lean it on the salt and pepper shakers on the table as you're chatting with them and press record.
0: You know, it's so easy. It's so easy because we literally, yeah, we're glued to these things. Yeah. You know, I don't, we don't leave in that. We don't leave anywhere without them.
1: Yeah. If, if, if they're making it that difficult um, and obviously you want their consent, you know, but, uh, and then ask them a few questions. Hey, how did you two crazy kids meet? You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, it will be priceless later. Like my parents both passed away. I, I was an orphan when I was 36. You know, my mom died before my dad died. And I never thought at that time to sit down and ask them any questions about their lives. So I have nothing. I'm yeah. the guy who does this for a living, who interviews people about their lives for a living. And I have nothing of my parents.
0: It's kind of a shame. That is, that is quite an irony for sure. Yeah. And again, it's it's so easy just to, it would probably save a lot of therapy down the road too, if people yeah. hear a story, because I know there, there's some issues with my parents and, and my sister, who's like six years older than me, was just visiting and there's still trauma in her of things that she doesn't understand with my dad and he won't talk, but it, it, she's like say, she's pushing 60 and she's still struggling with some of this trauma that she doesn't because she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah and she still wonders about it and so it
1: yeah. well it's funny you should say that it actually does save therapy down the road there's a study out of Emory University that shows that kids who know family stories actually do a lot better in life when faced with challenges they make better decisions um it, it's really it's an interesting study. So when we know about our family and things that they've been through and, and that's the great thing about stories. And, and, you know, when I teach people how to tell their own story or when I go and record stories for people, that's another service that I offer is I'll like, if you don't want to deal with any of this technology yourself, I'll come and I'll record your story, but I don't do the A to Z. I was born on this date and blah, 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 blah. Because dates and times and places- Irrelevant. Just, they can be really boring. And you have all that information. Your family has all that information. What I focus on, and if you've watched my TV show, you know what I focus on are defining moments in people's lives. And those are the things that teach important lessons for people. So that's what your posterity needs to know are those defining moments that teach those lessons that are in a sense, the therapy that can help generations and generations
0: later. Just knowing the why. Yeah. That's so critical.
1: Yeah, and Why
0: then that do helps this? you deal with the how. Yeah, and what to Later. do it. Well, let me ask you this. In light of the current political climate everywhere, and based on all the experience you've had with just genuinely being interested in people, other than just saying, be genuinely interested in people, what do you say to those on the left, those on the right who are constantly destroying each other or just trying to trying to win? at any cost and they're not really interested in learning about someone else, what do you say to them? Well,
1: you said it earlier (laughs) when you talked about social media and you and I have both seen it over the last 10 years or so. And I truly believe it's the anti-social media that has divided the country. And it's so easy to say something on social media without having to be accountable for it. And people will say things online that you would never dare say face to face. Yeah, and, and that I think is what's killing us, um, what's dividing us. So again, I would just say get to know somebody I mean I had a guy rail on me who because I expressed my love of America and the American flag.
0: Oh, how you know, you're a hater. On on social how media. How dare you? How dare you just- Yeah.
1: And and the work ethic of my family. And and this was somebody I used to work with at a TV station years ago, but but I never even worked with him like he I was a brand new young reporter and he was our chief photographer Um, and and we knew each other we were acquaintances but I just said hey listen I think I talked to you once or twice but I never even knew you you know and I'm not sure we even had a conversation so maybe let's let's talk, let's have a conversation. And once we started having a little conversation on Facebook, you know, going back and forth, uh, it kind of settled down a little bit, but it's so easy to just attack, you know, it,
0: have a conversation. Yeah. Know- it's easy to be a drive-by because yeah. it's, it's easier to do that than to actually get to know somebody. And it's hard because that takes time and effort. And we just want to lob our opinions out there and and everyone knows that nobody's minds are changed. Yeah, hacking them. It's and we're all subject to the same. Uh, this is my basic premise: is that in terms of media, none of us know what we're being fed, if it's yeah accurate or not. We think our side, our side did this, and your side did that, and but we don't know. I mean, there's humans involved. There's bias. So we're all being. That's true. We all could I be being lied to at the very least
1: my take on on media because i was a reporter and anchor locally and and i've done a little bit you know on a national level for a for a station group that has you know 60 70 stations nationally um i i think with local news you're doing pretty good you know um I never had, when I was a local reporter, any agenda fed to me, ever. I was never told what story to cover, how to cover the story. Now, on a national level, I think you can see that there are strong biases. And and it's not hard, especially with cable news. And what's difficult for a lot of people is they don't understand that they'll think because it says news at the end of it well that's news that's information that's gospel yeah and what i do when i watch the national news is i will watch msnbc i will watch fox news i will watch cnn and and i will see how they all cover a story story. and see how different it is (laughs) And I know that the truth is somewhere in, in between. Point. And there are actual journalists at every one of those entities. They're harder and harder to find. But the problem is they, they mix opinion commentators in with actual news on every one of those stations. So it's so hard to, for people who don't know
0: to determine what's news and what's not and you're so everyone's so busy and I yeah. think that's part of the g- giant plan too everyone is so busy just surviving that all they have time for is the snippets and the sound bites and the 160 characters yep and that's I, I know I have a daughter who she, all her news tiktok and it's she will come uh, come guns a blazing I saw this on tiktok I'm like well that must be true <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, yeah I'm- yeah social oh.
1: media that's a whole different Ball game, that's crazy but but your local tv stations i mean those those reporters and assignment editors and producers are just busting it every day working hard and man they don't have time to be influenced and told how to tell a story and i mean at least that's my experience they are just working really hard every day to go out and run and interview people and get that story edited and yeah, they can't be
0: crazily influenced. Right. What? Uh, where were you based out of when you were working in the news?
1: Um, well, I started at, at KBYU. That was my college station. Okay. And then I went, to, my first job was in Washington State
0: in the Tri-Cities. And then uh, Salt Lake City. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this. I, I just love what you did. And the genuineness, because I've always kind of felt the way that your show, it almost put words to how I was thinking and believing of just being genuinely interested in people. And again, it inspired my, the theme for my podcast. And so it's, again, I could do this all day. If I could do this and somehow yeah. I'll make money, the, the money that I'm doing in real estate, if I could flip that somehow, I mean, yeah. I love what I'm doing there. This is, I love doing this. This is so fun. And I would like, I want to be more and more face-to-face in, in, in the flesh like you did. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating. And yeah. it breaks down so many barriers. I, I've got some very, you know, friends on social media I've never met in person. And in terms of politics, we don't agree on anything, but yeah, they're not bomb throwers. Yep. I'm going to interview him in a couple of weeks. And he always, every time I post something, I know he's going to chime in and give me, you know, he'll kind of jab me. Oh, you conservative, you're doing that. Eh, eh, eh. But he always points something out that I didn't think about. And myself five years ago just would say, screw you. I don't want, and, and block him because you know, that's the thing we do. We block him. That's how we attack. Yeah. But I learned something and it's hard because my gut's yeah. saying, don't let this guy in. He might change your mind. And we do that. We're afraid to maybe our ideas aren't right or perfect or you know maybe there's a better way to look at things but we just bash and bash and bash and it's on every side no one is immune from this and if we're just kind and, like say genuinely just ask a question get to know somebody find out what the why behind if, if they did something you think is crazy find out why first before yeah. you destroy them well you're in that camp so you must be this you should be in jail for your idea yeah. Um, I had a friend who was at the Capitol on this January 6th. She wasn't the one of the ones that went in, but she just happened to be there. And when I did that interview, people were just like, she should be in jail. She should be on the no-fly list. She should rot in prison. Hmm. And I was, wow, that's a constitutional right to go and assemble. She was peaceably assembling. Yeah, there were some fools that ruined it. But that was their opinion was she should be destroyed because she was part of that group. Yeah. Othering, as we call it. So,
1: Well, yeah. And if we all just understand that that there's value in every human life and there's a story there, you know, and like I said at at the start, you know, before we judge people by the way they look or talk or act or, you know, what they wear, we need to get to know them and need to know that something is going on there that makes them look and talk and act and wear what they wear. And we need to understand that, you know, everybody we interact with every single day, everybody we even catch a glimpse of every single day has something compelling in their lives. They have an interesting story. They're, they're special in some way and they are worth getting to know. But more important than that, we need to understand that the person we see in the mirror every day is important, has a compelling story we are worth getting to know. And that's what I hope people would understand from watching the story trick, either overtly or they just catch that subliminally it's just the importance of every single
0: human being out there and it helps us realize that we're not alone we think that we're sometimes the only ones going through problems and everyone else looks amazing and again social media has done some damage in that arena because everyone allows you know, oh, all this perfectness and i i think i tell my wife let's just post everything that sucks <laughs> this is just how today today sucks we could you know, put this one in the books. It's crap. And be okay with that. You know? Yeah. And I think we'd connect with more people because they would be, oh, thank you. I'm not the only one. I feel like I was the only one. And we don't want to be alone. No one wants to be alone in this journey. From the, the
1: best stories are the toughest times in our lives. And they often lead to the great times in our lives because they're the defining moments that we're forced to, fight or flee and when we make the choice to fight and then we improve and we grow those are the times when we make it to the greatest times but it's because of the toughest the worst times that we have that growth
0: the, the refining the refiner's fire as as we say here locally i guess yeah yeah well how can people find you because uh, I'm sad that your show is not on the air anymore. I should have done more research to know that, but how can people find you and get in touch with you and connect with, because you're, you're an amazing human for the things you've done. Oh, sure. thank you. Um storyempowered.com.
1: Okay. So just, yeah, no www on front of that. Just go storyempowered.com and you can find out all about what I'm offering, what I'm doing. I would love to come and uh, share, help you, capture your story or I can teach you how to do it yourself or I can teach you camera confidence so you can feel amazing in front of that camera and I know because I was that terrified guy deer in the headlights and and I think you know I've had some measure of success in front of the camera and I figure if I can do it anybody can
0: do it yeah yeah that's awesome Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you coming on today. It's
1: been Brian, good, it's been great, great to you. meet
0: you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris the
1: Thought Show.